Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because a sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me, to look on him and pardon me. What is up, everybody? Redeemed Meditations is back. Wow, I came in kind of um, kind of aggressive there in the uh, in this uh, in- intro, but yeah, just uh, excited to be back and um, on the podcast talking about scripture with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, been a few weeks since I've set out an episode. There has been a lot of stuff that has gone on in my family life, a lot of stuff that has gone on personal life, ministry life, and um, yeah. So hopefully now. With a lot of that um, really looking like it's settling out, looks like I will, you know, hopefully have some more time freed up to get episodes out to you. But let's get into what we're go- going on today, and then I guess we'll save the housekeeping to the end because nobody really cares about my housekeeping at all. Um, really, only care about what the content is right and we are still in the biblical theology series however we are going to be shifting a little bit into how we put biblical theology into practice so we started with the the um if we think of biblical theology as an electric drill that the 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 thing that makes the drill run the battery is is exegesis and the grammatical hermeneutical approach um yeah so and that's finding out what genres and what the cultural context was and also what finding out what the author the original author meant to or i guess not the original author man that was that that sounds really bad what the author intended to communicate to his original audience. So, yeah, that's that's what runs the the drill that is biblical theology. But then we also have the bits that go into it and each bit works in a different way, but it all does the same thing. It all drills something. It all makes something go into something. It all does something into a, put something into to a hole to put something together. Then we had we talked about covenants. We talked about um, we talked about prophecy. We talked about uh, typology, and those are all just different bits that go into this drill that have different functions, but all work the same way. Now we're gonna put a little bit of that stuff together, tracing themes and things throughout scripture. I think it's gonna be really fun, and uh, honestly, this is one of my favorite things to do 
with biblical theology is the tracing the themes. Um, maybe we'll do a couple other outlines before the end of this. I just created one, um, a little bit of a biblical theology timeline of, of um, Satan and demons that I thought was really interesting and, and uh, be, might, might be kind of cool to share with you guys. But so the theme that we're going to talk about today uh, I had a tr I had trouble trying to nail it down and trying to figure out what it actually what it was. I'm so sorry if you hear my dog itching in the background. Um, but um, the, yeah, so I I had a little bit of a hard time trying to figure out what um what I was going to name this theme because as you'll see near the end it doesn't really uh, it really doesn't end up with where the rest of them are and I will explain that but yeah I I uh I, this is something um I I have been in Luke quite a bit this uh this year and just things are just blasting and opening my mind and just God God has been really just generous and good in showing me a lot of these things. So um, what we're going to be talking about today, and again, this is a little bit of a misleading um, title, but barren women in scripture and tracing that, that out. And the first barren woman that we find in scripture is Sarah. Now, it, it is really important to to see that the the actual the first three and the, I mean this is really shows why the Torah is so important to understanding scripture. Why the Torah is so important to under the first five books, okay? The first five books of the Bible are the Torah Torah. Why that why those books are so important, yes, even Leviticus is very important to understanding the rest of scripture, the rest of redemptive history. And this is why Sarah is Abram's wife or Abraham's wife who has been said Abraham is going to have an offspring that is going to bless the nations. He is going to have a child of promise. And this child is going to come from Sarah. Now, if we think about what happened in Genesis 3 and talking about an offspring and a seed coming from, coming from the woman, that this sounds like Abraham is going to be the father and Sarah is going to give birth to this seed in Genesis 3. So the implications of this, if we're looking at this again in a biblical context it, throughout all of scripture, is very, is very exciting, very enticing. And so Sarah, Rebecca, and Ray, Ray, Rachel, I guess we can talk about all three, but we're first going to talk about Sarah, Sarah, and then yes, we will talk about Rachel and Re Rebecca and Ray, Rachel. But... All these key women in the Torah are all barren women. 
it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And I, I, I think, you know, so, and Sarah is very, very old as she's getting, um, especially this last promise, you know, when uh, God comes to her and tells her that she will conceive a son and she laughs at him. And, and so, and of course, Abraham's a very old man too. And so this is just super interesting because of a barren woman who is very old and a man who is old, how else would they conceive if not for the hand of God? Now that's going to be something very important that we trace throughout out this theme. The hand of God and God working in this. But Sarah is barren, and she gives birth to Isaac, who is Abraham's son of prom promise. But then Isaac's wife, Rebekah, is also barren, and she gives birth to Jacob and Esau. So not only does she give birth to a child, but she gives birth to twins. So we're kind of seeing a little bit a, a little bit of the same, but also a little bit diff di 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 different. But it, it is also very interesting that within within this promise of a chi child, God tells Rebecca that the last child, Jacob, would be the the lesser would would or the first would serve the second. Okay, so in that is another child of promise. So the second twin is going to be the one who is a child of promise. And then uh, we have Ray, Ray, Rachel. And this gets all sorts of confused and confuzzled because Jacob has mistresses and wives. He has two wives and two mistresses and perhaps some more. My goodness. And here's the crazy thing. If we actually look at it, Rachel doesn't have Judah, who is in the chosen line of David. Or the chosen line of Jude, of G Jesus. Yes, David is a part of that too. But that is very interesting, and that that that's something that we can look 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 in more on a late later date. But Rachel struggled, and even her mistress, or not her her mistress, <laughs> her lady ser servant, even struggled having chill chill children. And so Leah and her her late late lady servant almost bragged about all the children that they were having with Jacob, but Rachel only has two. And it's Benjamin and Joseph. And what do we know about Joseph? Joseph is 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 really Israel's savior. That that he he goes into e Egypt and saves his family from famine. And so that's extreme, extremely significant. Joseph is a type of Christ. 
and what we can say about almost all these chil chil children in the matriarchal era, era that are promised children is that they are types of Christ. Isaac is a type, even though we don't know a lot about Isaac, Isaac is a type of Christ. Joseph, definitely a type of Christ. Uh, okay, Ju Ju Judah really, he's kind of the child of promise and not the child of promise. But when when we're looking at the barren women, Leah wasn't barren. Ra Rachel was. So we have to think about it within this theme. Yes, do all these things have themes have exceptions? Absolutely. That's because all these themes are imperfect pictures and foreshadows of the perfect Jesus. Okay. So then we don't see another barren woman until Hannah or I'm sorry, uh Samson's mother who we don't we don't um we don't know until um uh, we we don't know her name. But in in Judges thir 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 thirteen, ver starting in verse two, script scripture reads there was a certain man of Zora of the tribe tribe of of the Dan Dananites whose name was was uh, Manoah. Yeah, I think I got that. Not Moana, but Manoah. His wife was bar barren and had no chil children. And the angel of God, the the angel of the Lord, appeared to the woman and said to her, "Behold, you are barren and have not born a child." But you shall conceive and bear a son. But what do we know about Samson? Samson uh, was born a Nazarene. And Samson was supposed to be a judge and a deliverer of his people. And now Samson had multiple, 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 multiple failures. Um, failures upon fa failures. But through his sacrifice some would call it, some scholars would call it a suicide i'm not sure where i land on that but through him bringing the house down <laughs> upon the philistines he delivered his people he delivered israel from captivity and enslavement from the philistines so one of the things that we have to that this theme that we see of barren children that this 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 child of prom 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 promise they're almost always um they're almost always types of Christ they're almost always foreshadowings of Christ even Samson with all of his failings in first San 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 Samuel um uh, one, one and two. Uh, Han Hannah is a barren wo woman who cries out to God, and God blesses her with a child, and and um, weird technical difficulty just ha ha happened. Man, I hope I got everything back. <laughs> Anyways, but um. So Hannah 
cat was a barren woman who cried out to God for, I, I believe she cried out to God for a son. Um, I, I Obviously because of time, and I'm trying to make sure you guys aren't listening to me blather on a whole bunch. Um, I am not going to visit every single script, script, scripture, so I do expect you guys to be doing, you know, digging in. But uh, also, with the dig di digging in and stuff, um, if I make a small mistake on something that I say, um, you don't have to correct me about it. You don't have to, to you know, come in and, you know, let, let, let me know that I made a an error okay um you got the gist of it there wasn't any heresy it's all it, it it's i okay i promise you it's i um but yeah so samuel is the one who who is born from from Han hannah and again a great great pro prophet and actually we kind of see um, Samuel as that last judge and first office of prophet in scripture. I mean, yes, we can call Moses a pro prophet and everything, but when it starts getting to like the prophets, Samuel is kind of the first, it is the first, um, like line of prophets. And he is, uh, I mean, just, he he anoints Saul, he anoints David, he, he speaks truth and, and, um, is devout to God. He speaks truth when truth is despised, you know, just, um, I'm sure, you know, I've never really thought about it. I'm sure you can make a case for, Samuel being a type of Christ. The next one, the next barren woman that we have is a little bit of a curious case. I will say that I, it is it is a tad bit of a of a curious case. It is found in Second Kings four, and and uh, oh no, I lost my spot. There we go. Um, I just pulled the wrong tab. Ha. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, th this is an interesting one. And again, uh, this does have to do with another barren woman and a child of promise. One day, Elisha went to, to, to shoot him where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he pa passed that way, he would turn he he would turn in there to eat food. She said to her husband, "Behold, now I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small small room on the roof with walls to put and put put put, put there for him a bed, a ta table, a chair, a lamp." so that whenever he comes to us he can go in there one day he came came there and he turned into to 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 the chamber and rested there he said to his sir, sir to gehazi his servant call this shudamite woman 
when he had call, called her, she stood before for him. And he said, said to, and he said, said, said to him, Gehazi, say now to her, see, you have ta taken all this trouble for us. So what is it to be done for you? Would you have a word spo spoken on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her, Gehazi? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son and her husband is old. He called, he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood, stood in the doorway. And he said, and, and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived and she bore a son about that, that time, the following spring, as Elisha said to her. So, Elijah, the prophet of God, promises a child to this Shudamite woman, and he is born, and she conceives, and he, and so I got those out of order. She conceives, and he is born. This child of promise from the man of God. And then if we look in Luke, this is where things really start getting interesting if you're not intrigued all, all already like th this is for me when things really start getting interesting but we go to luke 1 and the first thing we see is elizabeth the first person we see is is well, well the first person we see kind of is a man named zachariah and he is a very old man who is in the in the holy place and he is praying and the angel gabriel appears to him and says that elizabeth his wife is going to bear a son and he does not believe it and this is a complete um parallel to abraham not believing a child or sarah not believing a child can come from him and elizabeth conceives john the baptist this is the last barren woman that we see in scripture. But it is not the last the last thing that we are going to talk about concerning this theme, this subject. Elizabeth and John the Baptist are so critical because this is the ending of the old covenant and the beginning of the new covenant. Again, I don't, I don't know, you know, some say the new covenant wasn't established until Jesus's blood was spilled, until his resurrection, until he was born, even wherever you fall on that. But I think we all can agree that things are changing with John the Baptist. Even with what he's preaching, things are changing. He is the last of the office of prophets. 
And then Gabriel comes to Mary and says that she is going, she, a virgin, is going to conceive a son, a son of promise, the son of promise. And this is, especially, this is why I had trouble with the what theme we should call this. Because it's not just barren women. All these barren women were pointing towards this immaculate conception that Jesus being born of a vir- vir- virgin. That if only God can make a barren woman give birth to a child of prompt prompt promise how much more could he make a virgin mary give birth to the child of promise the seed that would crush the head of the serpent and this is the last time at least in my knowledge that we see god intervening this supernaturally with with a woman who had not given birth and it ends with with this complete opposite this discontinuity that that all these this picture of all the other barren women that that have been giving birth to children and sons of promise are all pointing to this immaculate conception of Mary giving birth to the child of promise, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I got a little Baptist there with the hallelujah. Yeah, I am Baptist. So, that is the theme that we trace today. Um, I'm trying to get Chad Lee back on. Um, He is a big um advocate not advocate but one of his favorite things he likes to talk about is the kingdom of god and i think it would be really fun to trace the theme of the kingdom of god throughout scripture with him so hopefully we can get him on and talk about that theme and you know we'll talk a couple about a couple other more themes and then we'll end this series and move on to some other stuff but man is good being able to talk into a mic again and and uh, get some knowledge out there for your ear holes um oh like all always guys uh the shirt sales were really good that this time um they i have not gotten the chance because of everything going on to tally up how much we made um but we sold substantially more than we did in our first um uh, shirt sales so that's cool i am working on making these two shirts the baseball shirt and the t-shirt um regular things within um the the, the store it just time it has not been my friend lately lately um so but we do have a store where we have hoodies and coffee mugs if you want to support the show you can get them there and then um, also, also, if you want to take another step in supporting the show, we have, we do have a Patreon. Um, and right now we got Alex and Nick uh, holding it down for those Patreon guys. And I plan on getting you guys some good content soon. Sorry, um, things have been a little weird lately. But 
yeah, I plan on getting that out there for you guys soon. And then, uh, yeah, that that's kind of all, all all I got. Um, hopefully, I can get, begin cranking out these episodes a little bit more uh, in the near future. And guys, I just appreciate all your your uh, kindness and all of um, all of you listening to me stutter into a microphone. So, um, thanks for listening, and um, uh, guess you'll listen to this the next time it's on. Behold him and the risen